Last time, I forgot to do one thing. I was busy sulking that I was the only one drinking. So you heard me open the beer, but I didn't say what I was drinking. So that was a Granville Island Winter Ale. And uh, if you're from BC, it's always a very good time of year when that comes out because it is a big-time favorite. And uh, thanks again to John Tannewald for joining us last time for, for selling us on Philadelphia. Dan, how are you today? I'm very, very good. And, yeah, I feel bad about us not name-checking the Granville Island last time because it's a, it's a quality beer. I like it. It's a nice little uh, winter supper. It is, and it's a, a good little brewery, uh, great views of downtown if you're on Granville Island in Vancouver. Uh, so before I forget, this time around, I'm off to Manitoulin, to the Manitoulin Island, rather, Ontario, for Manitoulin Brewing Killarney Cream Ale. I haven't had this one, but I do like a good cream ale, so here we go. Yeah, I, I never used to appreciate cream ales that much, but I have to say... I got into one or two, and I think Anderson Breweries is probably the best one I've had so far. But it's, I'm not having a cream ale tonight, though. Oh, actually, what do you think of that beer first? I just saw you take a sip of it. That's What's very it like? good. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking yeah. this one. And, and, yeah, welcome back to the world of beer. It's been a long time. I know. I'm really excited. So this one's from um, Town Brewery, who are based in uh, Whitby in Ottawa. And uh, I've been really, really impressed by their stuff. Uh, you know, I, I haven't had a bad one by them yet. And this one's called... Somewhere nice, and it's a it's a double IPA actually. Uh, I don't normally like the doubles. I don't normally see the point in them, but this one's a double IPA. It gets good reviews. It's an eight point five. So uh, yeah, I'll be uh, dancing on this chair by the end of the podcast, Gav. And you'll probably be smelling of 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 pine needles from your double IPA. That's always the uh, the scent that I get when I whenever I have an IPA, which isn't very often. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is like that sometimes. I won't name the brand, but I was saying to my mates the other day, there's a certain IPA that's quite popular around Toronto that tastes to me like contaminated soil. It's just disgusting. <laughs> All right. So tonight, it's a good segue into tonight because we are going to a place where uh, beer is quite popular, the Czech Republic. Uh, of course, it is the home of the Pilsner, that being Pilsen, where they invented it, and uh, the home of Victoria Pilsen. The, the soccer team that's had some European success, but we're not going there tonight. We'll start, uh, we'll start with you in Prague. I've been to Prague as well, but when people think of Prague, they think of, you know, Slavia Prague, Sparta Prague. We're, we're taking a hard turn on this one. We are going to Bohemians with its green and white and kangaroo, I think, on the crest. Yeah, a kangaroo on a crest, which is just, uh, you know, fascinating. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to discussing Prague with you because I know that you've been, you know, on a, in a kind of touristy kind of way and I've been there in a touristy kind of way, so it'd be nice to talk about that. But, you know, let's get the football out of the way. Um, Bohemians <laughs> are an interesting club because they've got the, uh, the green and white going on, kind of reminiscent of Celtic um, in Scotland. But they've got this kangaroo on their badge. And, um, you know, if you look at... Wikipedia and then cross-check it with other websites, it seems to be true that they were due to, well, Australia was going to pick in a, a team from the land of Bohemia, which is basically the western part of the Czech Republic, to come and tour the country. And a couple of teams rejected. Um, it was Slavia Prague and Victoria Zivkov, if I pronounced that correctly. And um, they, they rejected, so the third choice was Bohemians. But at the time, they weren't called Bohemians. They were called, and this is going to be an even worse pronunciation, <laughs> AFK Vershkovich. 
Um, that's definitely incorrect. Really I've made a fool of myself. Yeah, but uh, it's um, it so so you know they went they got picked and they went over there. But you know they thought well, none of the Australians are going to remember this name, know this name, and definitely not be able to pronounce it. So they thought of changing their name. So they went for the um, the English of Bohemia, you know, of the Bohemia region, which is obviously Bohemians, and then you know to kind of show their appreciation. I think for being you know allowed to play a few t- games there. It was a real quite a lengthy tour they had there. They um they ended up slapping a kangaroo on their badge as well. So it's a real uh, unique club. Um that you know you know the other day my mate Ross messaged me and said, Have you ever seen this club in the Czech Republic before? They got a kangaroo on their badge. Like it's one of those ones where it probably does quite well for the marketing and obviously I felt like a a bit of a smug prat by telling him I've actually gone to see this team live. You've said, uh, you said you mentioned that I was in Prague. I was there in 2016. Uh, I actually stayed in an Airbnb right across the street from the ground. I, I never went in. There was actually an advertisement for a game. I think they were playing a team out of Bratislava. I'm not sure. I don't think it was European competition. It may have just been a friendly. But you went to a game. When, how, who against, uh, what was the experience? Well, first of all, like, Gav, you could have just walked into the stadium. The security was non-existent. Um, I, I went over there. I went during the day just to see if I could get, get hold of a ticket um, um, while the missus was just still back in the apartment because we're only about a 10 or 15-minute walk away. Um, so I'd, and I just ended up walking around trying to find someone to sell me a ticket, but that kind of ended up with me walking around the ground, walking on the pitch a bit. Um, it was a, I love that kind of experience. Now, I think I've said before this podcast, I don't really like um, you know, stadium tours and stuff like that, but empty stadiums when I'm not getting people talking to me and telling me stuff, I love it. You know, and you kind of got it's just you know, walking around and you know, where all this liveliness is going to be happening a little bit later. So I walked around it, couldn't find anyone to sell me a ticket, and I thought, well, this is going to be a bit of a game later on. Um, but actually, went a little bit later. Um, we were with it was I was with the missus and I was with my uh, kid who would have been only been four and a half months at the time, and I got permit I got permission to let the baby come out a little bit later than usual so we could go to this football match and uh, you know we go in there and um, it seems like a real nice family atmosphere actually um, you know lots of fa- lots of families around but it seems like a very uh, you know neighbourhood club as well um, we actually. Um, the missus said that the uh, the mauled wine she got from there was the best she had the whole trip. Um, I had a couple of beers. Go got a plastic cup, which is at the office back in downtown Toronto, with the uh, you know like a club with a squad on it from about five seasons ago. God knows how many lips of that that had graced. Um, but we you know we went up to in the west end initially, like up in the far, in the corner. Um, it was a bit smoky there for a little baby, so eventually we ended up in the um, in the north north stand. But it wasn't a stand; it was just terracing, and it was. Um, Again, a lovely atmosphere. Um, they had an ultras group, um, but they weren't intimidating in any way. And it was kind of like um, old school English terracing, but with a South American element in the fact that it had this kind of big fencing up in front of the pitch. Um, I don't know. I can't imagine there ever being any trouble there, but they had it there. And it was kind of nice because these you know, kids were climbing at the fencing and sit at the top of it to watch the game and nobody was telling them to get down. It was just a really, really nice atmosphere. And actually... Um, you know, they weren't very good Bohemians. I think they lost 2-0. Um, it was against Banneker Strava. And um, the, I looked at the lineups just before coming on this podcast now and I was absolutely flabbergasted to find out that uh, an unused substitute that day for Banneker Strava was uh, Milan Barosh, the uh, Champions League winner with Liverpool. So, uh, yeah, he it was his last season. He's Because um, he's, I went there um, 
December 2019, and he's and I now look at it in uh, November 2020, and the fellow's retired, so it must have been his last season in football, but sadly I didn't get to see him uh, notch a goal. Milan Baros, who really made his career playing for the national team and somehow would dupe clubs into making him think he could replicate that for for the club. And following up to your talk about Bohemians, just a quick research. Yeah, you mentioned the the Australian connection. Following the tour, when when the Bohemians' name came from, the club was awarded two live kangaroos, which they donated to the Prague Zoo. So, um, diplomacy and soccer in one. Now, uh, I do. You mentioned a few beers. Uh, the Czech Republic, as I mentioned, the home of the Pilsner. Um, the Pilsner Urkel is miles different there than here. It's so much better here. It's a generic kind of flat kind of beer there it, it's good now what did you uh, what did you drink in the stands was it one that i recognize i think it might have been the star of prime in that one which um for me like even you know traveled all the way over here i think it's one of the better pills since you can get star of prime especially especially if you can get it in a bottle i think i had that there um just let's say actually before i start rabbiting about beer do you know if you do go to prague do go and watch bohemians because also, when you're in the West Stand, you've got this you know, just beautiful view of like townhouses um, in the background that are illuminated by the floodlights. Must be really annoying if you if you live there. But you know, to actually look at it, it's it's a really really nice sense to watch your game. But as for the beer, you know, I like a bit of flavour in my beer. You know, I, I like a you know a, a hoppy beer or a dark beer. But I'm not a massive lager drinker. But I have to say, the pills in this, in this country were. Well, in Prague were phenomenal, um, and I remember probably the, one of the best beers I've ever had was um, we were the other side of the river, um, which um, you know we were walking around Prague Castle, um, went up, you know it's a bit of a walk. Um, I'd probably say go there, you know, have a look. It's got some decent views. The castle is very beautiful, but a little bit of a tourist trap. Don't go there hungry or thirsty because they will rip you off. Um, so we were, you know, we left that walk both hungry and thirsty, and we were desperate for a place to go. And um, basically the last-ditch thing when we were about to cross the bridge and go into the centre of town, we saw, saw this bar, but it was more like a basement. We went in there, and it was brilliant. Like The food was excellent, like loads of meats, like pickled cheese and, uh, you know, and lovely, lovely soft pretzel and stuff like that. And um, the beer was just tank pilsner, and it was just so incredibly fresh. And like honestly, the first one didn't touch the sides; it just slipped right down. Like it, it was, you know, I, I, I've, you know, you know, like beers taste fresher at the airport for some reason. This one tasted like ten times fresher than that. Like the freshest beer I've ever had. It was immense. Damn, I'm I'm having a beer, and I wish I could be there right now. But I've actually I had a beer when we were in the Czech Republic. Uh, uh, along the river, the the Vltava River, however the hell you say it, um, it was we were on a boat and it was a, and it was a bar and we just sat and had a very couple tasty pilsners. Now here's a fun fact that you might know already: uh, Czechvar is what we get it here. It's actually Budweiser over there. So you see cans of Budweiser and it's not affiliated with the let's just call it beer called Budweiser that people drink in North America. I think it was a licensing thing, but when you see Budweiser in the Czech Republic, it's actually a beer. 
Well, there we go. I feel like they've got some affiliation with something called Budvar as well, but I might be wrong yeah, there. Yeah, that's I'm not what it is. Sure. Sorry, Budvar. I think we oh, do have Budvar. it as, as Czechvar. I've seen it before too. But anyway, that's a, that's an aside. Now, uh, did you mention the score? Like, what was the uh, what was the final score? Oh, they lost two 0 uh, They weren't very good Bohemians. Um, actually, like I, I should probably mention that um, you know a, a, one of the biggest probably is coming to more prominence now as people's like football vocabulary has kind of extended, but. Probably the most legendary player in Bohemian's history is Antonin Panenka, who is the man behind the chipped penalty shot, which has become, you know, really in vogue the last few years. And um, you know, he he was cheeky enough to do it at a major tournament with Czechoslovakia, I believe, in the in the seventies, and it's really caught on since then to the extent where we're getting a, you know, Sergio Ramos making absolute blooper of one for Spain the other night um, at the time of recording. But you know, a little bit of a sad note actually is uh, when. As we're on this podcast, he's actually uh, in intensive care because he caught a coronavirus. So, uh, you know, best best wishes to Antonin Padenka. Yeah, uh, the inventor of the penalty that uh, if you pull it off, you look cheeky. If you fail, you miss. You look spectacularly poor. I'm looking at you, uh, Adamola Lookman. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awful penalty. But then you can look immensely cool like Andrea Perlo. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's one it's it's one extreme to the other. That one, doesn't it? You know, I mean, what what are you what were your experiences with the beer over there, or you know, did you tuck into any local delicacies? Uh, yeah. Well, what we did first of all, one thing I like about not that I, since I didn't get into a game uh, at Bohemians, what I did like is that there is a you know an LRT that goes right by the stadium, and it makes it easy to to hop uh, go right downtown, and. Uh, and you know, if you're ever going to a game, that's that's like my first, you know, first criteria of that I'm probably going to enjoy the experience is that it's easy to get somewhere. I mean, we remember talking to John recently about Philadelphia and how hard it is to get to the stadium. But uh, yeah, we were in Prague in <clears throat> it was either June or July. It was, I think it was June. Uh, wasn't quite uh, peak tourist season, but it was getting there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously in this time that we are talking, there's not a lot of tourism going on. So it would be interesting to travel there now. But um, if you're going in the height of summer, uh, Prague is, yeah, it's it's a bit much. You mentioned the the Vavel Castle, the one up at the top of the hill. It's a fun you know, walk up and down to get up there. Um, the, was it King Charles Bridge is the famous one? Oh, uh, that's the one that you go over there to go over to Prague Castle, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite beautiful. You get some good buskers on there, that as well some like kind of good gypsy punk stuff that was on when I was there. And then there are the people who are selling, you know, all kinds of crap. Um, but uh, the one thing that I like, and, and it's it's something that I hadn't sort of realized, is that we, uh, you know, well, we weren't married yet, but my wife and I, we did uh, a bike tour, and she introduced me to that. And, you know, you see people on Segway tours and, and this and that, and those are really kitschy and how to, you know, how not to stand out as an utter tourist. <laughs> this one bike tour, and it was great because I think this was the one where we were given headsets, and our, our leader had a microphone. And we could hear what they're saying without having to stop all all the time. And you cover a lot of ground in, you know, at a place like Prague pretty quickly by bike, especially with the local. And then we stop at uh, we stopped at this restaurant, um, sort of on an island in the river, essentially, where there's a little bridge over. And uh, yeah, I had I had a good healthy sized pint and. 
um, you know, we sort of chatted and you get to know the tourists, the other tourists that you're with, and then you just sort of continue on. And it's a great way to, to see a city. And we, we did a few bike tours, but this was a really good one. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's another place where we went, I can't remember what it was. I think it was kind of a tourist trap too, but they had their own beer and they had their own sort of sausage, uh, plate. I think it was they had meat too. It was really quite good. I, the details are fuzzy, but, um, yeah, Prague was a good time. That was, that was where, uh, I flew out and 2016 was an interesting year because, um, but yeah, 2016, that was the year Brexit happened. And I was leaving to come home after I had done sort of a long, long trip. And that was the Brexit vote. And I landed in um, Frankfurt connecting and I look up and there's, you know, the result. And, you know, that was the first weird twist of 2016. And then the other one was when I was flying to Korea <laughs> to cover a Canada game. And... um I landed and that's when Donald Trump was elected. So it wasn't the year for for me and flights. But uh, yeah, I mean, what's not to like about a place like Prague? You can walk. Uh, there's plenty to see. Very, you know, ornate, great architecture on the buildings. Um, and we went, uh, it was one random kind of story. Uh, we were walking past this one building and we hear um, an orchestra rehearsing. And it's like, that's the Star Wars theme. And we just stood there <laughs> under this window and we heard, you know, it was, and it was incredible. They were very talented. And uh, yeah, you just, it's just one of those places where it's easy to walk around. And, you know, anyone, I've, you know, I've, I've said it a thousand times here that when it's, when it's a walkable place or it's a place that's easily accessible by transit, you know, thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly hit those boxes, and you know it's no surprise that you mentioned sausages because, you know, they they are great at meats um, in Prague, really really good at meats. But the the sausages, you now I I went there during the uh, the second tourist season, um, you know, because it was the time of year I went to go and see my family. It was just before Christmas, um, and the Czechs are like honestly, I thought the Brits were really good at Christmas, and they are like the Brits love a little bit of you know tacky tinsel and loads of lights and stuff like that, but. Um, the Czechs are really, really good at Christmas, and you know at this time of year you go into the main square um, near, near the old uh, near the old clock, um, you know, and everything, and, and all the beautiful architecture around you, and it's just like mulled wine, beer, you know, a bit a big almost like a foot long sausage that you put a bit of mustard and ketchup on, and you know it's it's a really nice atmosphere. It does get a bit busy at times, but you do feel that you know kind of like festiveness. And I I do like Christmas. I'm a little bit of a sucker for Christmas, so I really enjoyed that. And I, and I think um, you know it kind of brings me on to like you know this is a really affordable place to go and visit. Um, you know first of all the the accommodation we stayed in was in a, a neighborhood called Jazerka. Um, and you know when we when we came over, we you know we. Were, as I said, we're we're pretty much a newborn baby, and you know, our apartment in Toronto at the time was a postage stamp one bedroom, and we were, we were like sleeping on the sofa. It was uh, it was hard work, and then we we got a cheap Airbnb. We go there, and it's like a lavish palace, you know, like she's completely the baby's right the opposite side of the apartment. We actually got some sleep for once and could have a couple of beers. It was it was really nice, and you know when you're in the square and you're eating these sausages, and you know you're getting a you know for a mulled wine, it was. It was always comfortably underneath three dollars, and you get a good 
cup of mulled wine and it's really flavorful you can get a hot chocolate as well which is just a little bit cheaper i think if i remember correctly and as you say as i say you can have a pint and a square as well and you know this kind of stuff's available everywhere and i just i i enjoyed yeah the festive atmosphere and you know we 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 deliberately went during a week um you know just because there's less chance of there being stag do's and stuff like that and you could see the mood change a little bit as we as we're going home on the Friday evening. Um, you can just tell like there's a few you know lager louts going into town and stuff like that. Basically, British people I'm describing. Um, you know they they came in to ruin the day. But like if you go during a week, you know, and you don't mind a little bit if you, if some crowds. If you really love that Christmas Christmas atmosphere, I would wholeheartedly recommend um, Prague for you. I do love that sort of european christmas atmosphere of a nice christmas market and you know in toronto we try to duplicate it a bit with the uh, distillery district christmas but it doesn't feel authentic and i you know, no, love a place no. where there's a, a mark christmas market that's been around there for a long time it's not a place that sort of sucks in all the crowds it's busy but festively so and it's not like uh everybody let's go check out the market and it just becomes this massive humanity but uh it's 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 a genuine experience and it sounds cool. Uh, you know, one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you did you encounter a pork knuckle by any chance? A what? A pork knuckle. It's vaguely familiar. So it's like, it's like, it's like the first restaurant. Right. So what? This is a this is a my one tip, my one travel tip for our listeners. Right. Never go to a restaurant where they have pictures of the food. That's my genuine rule. And I think I probably have about a. You know, ninety percent success rate with that. Um, sure, I think I've seen Gordon Ramsay say the same thing. So you're in good company. Oh, really? There we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we're one and the same, me and God. Uh, but like, there's this one restaurant which like had quite a few reviews on Google. We did a bit of cheating and saw it had good reviews, and we're like, okay, that look, that's got good reviews, but it's got pictures of food. Let's let's go to this place next door. It's really really quiet. So we went there, and it was. Um, you know, it was super authentic. The beer was good. They had, a, again, a really old-fashioned clock on the wall. It was just full of locals. And I thought, well, you know, I ordered Port Knuckle. It's supposed to be a bit of a, you know, a Czech delicacy. So I ordered it. And it's basically um, um, a pig's knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't it really and, uh, fatty, too? Yeah. And that's it. Like, um, it came and it kind of had some interesting bits on the side, like potatoes and pickled veg and all of that kind of stuff. But honestly, it came in. You know, I had my kid on my knee, and this thing was about the size of her at the time. It was ridiculous. And, like, I kind of like the thought of it. I'm kind of glad I tried it, but I have to say it was incredibly bland and incredibly fatty and far too much food. So, you know, do it just to say you've done it, but I honestly don't think you'd be ordering it again if you go there. <laughs> Not everything is a delicacy. Some things kind of... Uh sucker you in a little bit the the other the other sort of soccer related experience that i i remember um was we 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 were we did this trip in 2016 during the uh the euro and uh it was cool because we saw uh we watched germany ukraine uh in berlin next to the brandenburg gate and it was packed and it was a great experience um, in Poland, we saw Poland and Germany, uh, which was kind of a dull game. And as a random aside, I literally saw a guy get kicked in the head and just sort of shrug it off. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. A couple guys yelling at each other, a guy sitting down, guys whines and kicks. And then I'm like, are you okay? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then our third stop was here where we saw the Czechs uh, taking on Turkey. And it was 
a park along the river. It was a good walk up the river, but the park, I think, was called, oh, dear, uh, Zlute Lajne or something. Um, there's a lot of accents in there, uh, so I'm sure I'm missing a lot of the pronunciation. But, uh, you know, it was a great experience. Uh, you, you know, fans were into it. There was some, you know, some tourists who were brave enough to venture down because it was out of Prague, but it, it was a very kind of genuine experience that it wasn't overrun with, you know, people on their first European trip kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, they had, they had food, they had beer, uh, they had a, a, a fan store where I got to say that the Czech gear made by my, made by Puma was, was really nice. This good contrast of really sharp red and blue. And, uh, I was very tempted to, to get something, but the prices were, you know, astronomical. So I, uh, I opted against it. <laughs> No, I had a good merch experience, actually. The, the club shop at Bohemians was really good. Like, one of my favourite T-shirts is a Bohemians T-shirt, which is just green with the uh, the club badge on it. And I got the um, I got the baby, like a little uh, baby outfit, and it says in Czech, um, I'm not crying, I'm chanting. But which, which, is, which is quite cool. I, I quite like that. But, no, it's, it's, it's a really cool city. And did you feel like it was quite um, artsy in some ways? Yeah. Uh, like as part of the tour, I don't know if you ever saw it, but we, uh, you know, we, we found a few spots. Of course you, you go by sort of where their, their concert halls are, but we, uh, we found this one area that I thought was really cool. Um, the, uh, the Lenin wall, which was where people could, you know, there's all this graffiti, you know, there's like a Tibet flag or, you know, people could sort of spray paint their, their grievances or whatever. And it was, a uh, a symbol of, of free expression that was that pe- you know people put up when when the communists were in charge and uh, it was it was a big kind of tourist draw but it was you know it was a focal point and there was some some neat stuff all around it and some really good cool art on the wall itself and yeah it was uh, I, I did sort of feel that this was a, a place with with some real depth to it and um, it's more than just, you know, a couple really nice sites that the tourists go see and then k- t- carry on their way kind of thing. Yeah, like I, even in one of the libraries, like we walked into it and it was just um, just a big kind of o- open cylinder of books and it had like a little pee-pee hole and if you put your head in, they had a mirror at both ends so it kind of gave you the illusion that this kind of tunnel of books goes on forever and that's just like a you know an unsung little thing in a library, and I thought that was really cool. And there's one um, there's one called uh, Man Hanging Out, which is like a kind of um, a sculpt a sculpture of uh, Sigmund Freud, which kind of hangs over a street um, an alleyway in Prague. And it's quite funny because it's just like a post hanging out into the middle of the street, and he's hanging onto it with one one hand. And um, a lot of people, because from afar it looks really lifelike. So apparently there's been a lot of uh, you know, coursing emergency services about, uh, you know, saying, oh, no, there's a bloke on this uh, pole hanging out in the street and he's going about to fall to his death. And I think people think it's, uh, you know, a real thing. But, yeah, that's that's quite cool. And, like, one of those things that you could easily pass by. It's not like, you know, a, a grand tourist destination. And um, you know, finally, I'd like to uh, discuss a bit, a, a little bit more of a, a rude one, which was uh, which was called King Kong Balls. And um, so basically, it was just a little bit to the north of the old town, if I remember correctly. And it was this giant brass monkey, um, a sculpture of it. It's kind of like lazing around and it's got this like facial expression like, you know, I'm better than all of you. Look at all you lot rushing around in town while I'm just hanging around. And it's um, 
it's all blue, apart from its little winky and its ginormous testicles, and like completely gold, like in really shiny gold. And it's just like so weird because it just doesn't really go with any of the setting around it at all. But it's hilarious, and obviously I took a. Um, a, uh, a, a very conveniently positioned picture where I kind of squatted in front of the balls so it looked like they were my big gold balls hanging <laughs> below me. So there you go. Because that's the kind of mature stuff I get. Well, you are English, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, one, thing, one thing that I do remember is that, you know, they're, of course they're the, the very old, old buildings that are a lot of, but there's it's called Dancing House. It's nicknamed uh, Fred, Fred and Ginger, referring to Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. And it's a building that, that that's supposed to resemble a pair of dancers. They're sort of like these flowing, uh, you know, it's a sort of interesting kind of flowing glass and steel kind of thing. Um, and apparently the Fred and Ginger isn't really used much anymore, but um, it's a Czech architect designed and it was co-designed with, with Frank Gehry, the Canadian architect who, uh, you know, if you've seen a few of his buildings, it's, you know, they're sort of weird rounded angles kind of thing. And um, anyway, it just, it's it's sort of surrounded by these, older kind of buildings and then there's this interesting dancey flowy not quite you know regimented buildings which which was really cool and it's just they're cool things as you spot throughout the city that i you know that i found interesting and sort of things you might not notice is is what stands out yeah and that's it like you could be walking i know past a mall or something like that on a very you know nondescript street and there'll be like a just a beautiful sculpture or like you know just an art installation in the middle of nowhere and it's just um it's really really nice that this city gives so much room for the arts and the city's much better because of it and and gav i know that you i think you spent a little bit longer in the czech republic i was only there for like four nights or something like that did your travels take you a little bit further than prague yeah uh we we did a day trip out to uh a little place called Karlstein, K-A-R-L-S-T-E-J-N. And uh, it's it's about as bohemian as you can get with, uh, it's almost like out of a storybook where it's famous for its castle, the Karlstein Castle. And it's, you get off the train and it's this little tiny village uh, that you have to sort of walk to or you could drive, I suppose. And then up the cliff, it's a good hike that uh, is this massive castle, the Karlstein Castle. And it's just one of those imaginary things where you imagine the townsfolk looking up at the, the haunted castle and the lightning strikes in the background. And um, it's just very, very cool. Uh, and it's a great tour. There are a couple different spots around that you can tour it. And um, yeah, we were, it, it, it again is one of those things that not all, um, you know, tourists go out to see it. And it is, if you're feeling you know, a little bit adventurous. Um, it's a good little escape. It's a, it's a 14th century Gothic castle. Um, you know, Holy Roman Emperor elect Charles IV built it, uh, and it was a safekeeping for you know crown jewels and relics and stuff. And it's uh, it was a great tour, great day trip. Uh, you know, we did it in the summer, and then there's some you know trails and stuff that that we just sort of continued hiking and. Um, highly recommend it if you're looking to get out of check out of uh, Prague and. Uh, you know, escape the crowds a little bit if you are there during the tourist season. Um, and then the other one, uh, you know, I've been to is a place called Olomouc. And uh, it was one of the, you know, venues for for Canada soccer when I was working for them. It was a camp. We were based in Austria and we played friendlies against the Czechs and, uh, and then Slovenia. 
And uh, yeah, we, we took the bus. We were based in Austria and we took the bus into Olomouc. And that's, I remember checking, I think it was with Stefan Sabara, who now plays in the uh, Canadian Premier League. I'm like, how do you say this? And he you know, pronounced it for me back then and it stuck with me. So the game was at uh, the Andruv Stadium, uh, really cool, small stadium. One of the stands, it's, it's rounded at the top. And it's, uh, yeah, the seats sort of go with that cool sort of red, white, and blue mix. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool little city. Um, didn't get tons of time there. I think we were in in November and they were just setting up their own Christmas market. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see it because it would have looked, you know, I imagine pretty cool with all the little stalls they were setting up in the, in the square around, uh, around the big church. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a game. Canada lost 2-0. It was the early days of Benito Flora when they were sort of guilty of uh, conceding early goals. And I remember this one because after the game, uh, it was a free kick, third minute. Um, and I think one of the defenders just completely switched off and guy wins an easy header. And after the game, the players were all like, yeah, you know, Benito told us that was exactly where the free kick was going to be placed. And sure enough, they did. And it wasn't the first time I heard players saying, yeah, Benito told us that some, that this was going to happen. And sure enough, it did. Um, anyway, what I remember, too, is, um, you know, there's a penalty. Dwayne De Rosario couldn't score against Peter Cech. Um, there was a free kick that Canada got another chance off of where... Uh, it was placed around, Toe St. Ricketts was on the end of the wall, and they just simply placed it around him, and he ra- raced onto it, sort of had a bad angle shot, and forced a save. And it was funny, because we were in a camp the next month, and uh, the Czechs stole that free kick, that set piece, and they used it <laughs> against the Dutch. And we, someone played the video, and we're like, this is familiar, isn't it? And we all just sort of were like, that's pretty cool. I guess imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And... Yeah, I mean, there was uh, Canada's penalty would have tied the game at 1-1. And one thing I remember, this was sort of when when Canada was in the doldrums, when they were sort of starting to rebuild for uh, a World Cup qualifying run. And so, you know, they were sort of trying to figure out what players were going where uh, and who would come into the system. So there was a lot of sort of rotation. But one of the journalists, the Czech sitting next to me, I don't think he spoke much English, but he sort of pointed to the roster, the team on the field, and then he pointed to his screen, which was the FIFA rankings. And it was like 120 or whatever. He looked at me and he goes, no. He was impressed with the Canadians sort of challenging the Czechs. And I thought that was pretty neat. So, uh, yeah, that was sort of, that was the game that I went to, uh, you know, in Olomouc. We stayed a couple nights there, which uh, it's it's not, you know, one thing where people would really think to go. But um, good city, good game, uh, really good kebabs that I went to, we went to have. And... Yeah, what else do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, I, I find it's like, you know, we're, we're proud, like we said, you know, you, you know, I found that basement bar, went to the Bohemians game, and, you know, you went to that fan park, which is a little bit out of the city. I feel that, like, it has, in quite a few ways, become overrun by tourists, I suppose. But you can still find those areas where they're completely unspoiled. Um, you're not going to get some, you know, irritating, you know, fella there you know just uh singing football songs or something like that you can find these areas and you know architecturally wise you mentioned a little bit gav i mean i'd probably say it's not as good as budapest for me but it's pretty close uh architecture wise i, I thought it was absolutely beautiful and um 
And yeah, I, and I would like to venture further. I'm a little bit jealous you went out there. How do you pronounce that place again? Olomouc. Olomouc. So maybe I'll have to try and get out there and go and watch uh, Sigma Olomouc because it's their home ground. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, we, uh, the funny thing is that same trip where we went to Prague, we came from Poland and we took, um, you know, it's not the national train company. It was, it was, a, it was a private train operator and it was greatly reduced rates. And we stopped in Olomouc and I was like, oh, this is, this is familiar. I've been through this town. So I'd, I went to there before I'd ever gone to Prague. And um, yeah, it's, it, the funny thing is, you know, the vast majority of tourists go to the main cities. Like if you go to Japan, they're either in Tokyo or Kyoto. Few people go outside. You know, in the Czech Republic, most people go to Prague and, and so on and so forth. And uh, it doesn't take much to venture out and and be someplace where you're not, you know, no, one of them. <laughs> you're one of those obvious people standing out in the crowd. And, you know, Olomouc, it was cool just because, you know, it felt kind of like you were living in one of those places that had been, you know, controlled by the Soviets. Um, you know, there was sort of the old, I actually have a picture that I hang on the wall at my place. And, you know, there's one of those old Soviet style, you know, streetcars running up. And uh, you, you pro- if you've seen them, you know, if you've been to a place like Belgrade. Yeah, I, I love those. I love those. They're if, brilliant. If, yeah. if you've been to a place like, you know, Belgrade in Serbia or uh, Tallinn in Estonia, you'll see these old kind of boxy streetcars. And there was, you know, those going quite regularly in Olomouc. And um, yeah, those are the little things that I love. And just like, you you know, you know, you've, you've left the, the comfort zone that, that most people, you know, fear to leave yeah yeah so uh, i think between the two of us we're giving uh prague and you know one or two areas around it a big thumbs up then aren't we oh i think so uh you know you can't go wrong when uh you know it's a place that excels at at beer making and 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 food making and and the cooking of meat (laughs) Uh, you can tell it's not like you're going to a western european place and you know everything sort of runs you know as it should there is that tiny little bit of culture shock where um you know you're not if you're in a place where there's spanish or french or italian or english there are some words you can understand like if you're in the czech republic or czechia let's get it right it's czechia yeah yeah <laughs> um you know the language is different it's not your basic germanic language uh, or you know romantic language and 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 the words are different so it is a you know you're challenging yourself but at the same time um you know there's good beer and food so what else can you ask for yeah i've actually got my uh, piece of paper here from when i um i basically had four words or phrases that i wanted to learn just so i could do basic conversation and i just had some kind of currency converter as well written on it and yeah, it's completely unrelated, it seems, to any other language. Like, hello is quite easy, it's dobri den. Um, but then uh, thanks is uh, like yikoyi, um, which sounds completely different to any other European language I've encountered before. And then, yeah, uh, bai is like nas kladeno, sorry. And uh, excuse me, is prominti? Pro- I can't remember how to pronounce that one. It's like prominti or something like that, I'm not too sure, but... They, all the words just feel not really that related to one another. Um, it's a really, really tough language to learn. I, I feel like a local told me that when I was there, actually. It was a really tough one to get a, a grasp of. But, um, 
you know, I really enjoyed the people around there. Like, you know, I was talking to a guy in a beer shop for a while and he was excellent, just talking about all the local breweries there. There was a coffee shop around the corner who, uh, you know, did an excellent espresso and, uh, you know, he gave, he gave us some, uh, you know, end-of-day pastries for free, <laughs> which was quite nice of him. Uh, yeah, I I just really, really enjoyed Prague. I, I, I can't, you know, as I say, it's, I think it takes a special place probably for both of us where, you know, it can be a little bit crowded, but it doesn't really bother us that much. Yeah, and for, uh, for a country of, you know, what, 10 million people, they're... Uh... They punch above their weight in international soccer. Quite, there's a lot of good players that have come out of there over the years. You mentioned, you know, Milan Baros, more known for his for his international prowess. But you know, we mentioned Peter Cech, uh, you know, as an Arsenal supporter. I'll, I'll always be a Thomas Rosicki fan for you know because mm-hmm. he loved playing for Arsenal. But they uh, great they, They've had some good teams over the years and out of the Czech Republic and um, and then of course <laughs> Canadian hockey fans. Uh, we'll never forget the 1998 Nagano Olympics when Dominic Hasek uh, stopped the Canadians and broke the Canadians' hearts in the penalty shootout and the, the great controversy that Canada did not go with Wayne Gretzky in the penalty shootout. And um, Yeah, it's just one of those countries that it, uh, it likes its sports, good soccer, good hockey, uh, and it's, uh, it, it's a fun place. It really is. So everybody visit. Yes, exactly. I I will be going back at some point, and uh, I sure hope you know. And anywhere you can get around easily by train is is okay in my books. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So how does that sound? Are we? Uh, how are you feeling? You've had your eight and a half percent. Are you uh, feeling tired yet? Oh, no, I'm I'm ready to go for a little uh, skip around the block with a dog now. I feel pretty good after that. Like it was. Um, I have to say, I prefer their beers that are a little bit lighter in flavour. They've got one called Square Wheels, which is really, really good. Uh, this one was good, but for me, you know, a sign of a good beer is when, if it's a high percentage, it doesn't taste that boozy. And it did taste a little bit boozy, this one. How was your beer? That was good. I'm almost done it. Uh, very easy drinking, but now after talking about the Czech Republic, I'm a little thoroughly depressed that... We're not allowed to go anywhere right now, or at least, you know, easily. So I think we'll wrap this up now, and I'll go sulk for a while, and, and then we'll be back with, with another travel, I'm sure, in, uh, in a little bit. So, Dan, another episode in the books. Uh, thank you once again, and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers, Gavin. Thanks for listening.